to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 178. Hard to believe. And this is the No Church Answers Tour. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Not sure what polling booth you ended up at, but uh, so go ahead and spin around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Still in that COVID quarantine, uh, we are in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. Uh, we're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each of us on our own spiritual journey. And we feel, though, that all men are leaders, you know, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes the lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com. We're glad you're joining us. And, you know, I I just want to, before we get started, uh, to let you know that God's word comes to us in many ways. Sometimes it's through a sunset, through nature, music, uh, friends, films we've seen, or, or yes, even podcasts. And typically, men don't have many friends. As you get older, uh, you get away from your group, and you're just working and with, uh, with, with other fellows. And men typically don't have groups that they hang with. And uh, but we don't want you to be a friendless American male. And, and I understand that, you know, uh, accountability groups are OK, but I feel real men need fellow warriors to go to battle with. Uh, and instead of a, a group of just, you know, nice guys meeting for tea, we need a band of brothers and no men are dedicated more to each other than those that have battled together. And so. At this time, I want to go ahead and introduce the uh, the band of brothers that I have that helped me with my uh, walk of faith. And I want to start with our producer. He's a world-class policy writer, a uh, bit of a professional gambler. That's producer Steve Titch. Yay, Steve. Hello. And we have an, a, a lawyer. He's, he's, uh, and he's also a prosecutor. Probably really going to get busy about this time. Uh, we call him the judge, Michael Cropper. And Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah, thank, you. Yeah. thank you. And uh, a corporate trainer for a Fortune 100 uh, company and kind of the uh, group theologian. We call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. And, and my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a salesman uh, and the director. And what we do, uh, if, if this is your first time, we're so glad that you tuned in. Uh, we basically go over an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, uh, or Sunday School lesson, kind of update it, put a man spin on it, and kind of peel it apart and see how it's going to apply to 
the lives that we live today. We use many different publications. This particular one is uh, Baptist Way Press. This is, I believe it's our eighth lesson from it. It's an excellent uh, text. Uh, it's called the uh, Connect 360. This, uh, it's, the title is Living in the Spirit, and the subtitle is Righteousness, Peace, and Joy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go around and get some opening comments uh, from the panel and start with Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, thanks. Uh, thanks, Bill. We're going to read Romans 14, 17 through 19, and this is actually where that subtitle, Righteousness, Peace, and Joy, comes from. And again, it's, it's one of Paul's great points that as Christians, we should be a joyful people. And that's an interesting word, and I'd like to talk about it a little later, joy, and not necessarily happy, but joy, and what is that? And I think part of it is um, the ability to spread light and energy, to, to be fun to be around, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, elsewhere, in Philippians 2.15, uh, we are to shine like stars, says Paul, and what what is the sh stars give energy and i think we're we're supposed to be a bright spot wherever we go and that's that's something i think uh, maybe many christians don't appreciate uh certainly and, and and it's not the stereotype of what christians are like so we'll get to talk about that uh in you know certainly as part of this whole less series of lessons about living in the spirit and Excellent. conveying joy. Yes. Conveying joy and righteousness and peace. Excellent. Michael Cropper. Sorry about that. Thank you. No, I like Steve's intro better than mine. I'm going to ditch it. <laughs> I like being a star. I like shining. I like living and being happy. Mike, you're a superstar. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. Now, anyway, yeah, let me briefly, real quick, let's go back. Uh, folks, we've been looking at the attributes in Venice, the Holy Spirit in our lives, and our past lessons include uh, Lesson 6, 2 Back, which is a study on being filled with the Holy Spirit and how to walk in the Holy Spirit. And what do we mean by walking the Holy Spirit? It means being filled with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. And also means setting your mind on the things of the Spirit and excluding the desires of the flesh as well. So don't think about your selfish desires. And by the way, those benefits that Steve was telling you about comes uh, a lot from walking in the Spirit too. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings us life. It brings life to our spirit. And, and I did say this, Steve, it makes us feel alive because our spirit feels the Holy Spirit's righteousness instead of guilt and shame we should feel because we are fleshly still and still walking the flesh many times in our life. And that we strive to be the strongest Christians we can be. Uh, lesson seven last week, the Holy Spirit is our intercessor force in prayer when we are weak. And that's simple. We do not know how to pray. We do not know what to say. Maybe we're overwhelmed. Maybe a death in the family, maybe a sickness, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will actually pray for us to God because he knows our hearts better than what we, than we even know ourselves. And he can pray the Lord sometimes with groanings, sometimes without us even saying any words. And we may not even understand pray, but he can intercede for us. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. 
And, um, and then today's lesson, the three characteristics that Steve mentioned we should desire, the Holy Spirit uh, helps us experience, and that's um, happiness, peace, and, well, not happiness, and I wish it was happy. It's uh, righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I think of happiness, too, because of what the way uh, Steve said that. Um, the, there's a little bit of a history behind this text, so in Romans 14, 1 through 16, uh, before we come to these, which are Romans 14, 17 through 19, um, in these verses, Paul is giving some strong suggestions. It's not, it's completely different from what we look at those three scriptures there, but Paul is giving some strong suggestions to Gentile believers who are in Rome. And he's telling them how to treat and respect fellow Jewish Christians, from what we understand, because the 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 Gentile Christians don't have really many any barriers and they they weren't raised on the Mosaic law they weren't raised on the kosher law on what to eat and what not to eat um, and and Paul basically says don't criticize your fellow Christians uh, and don't do things that cause them to stumble or fall and uh, one man believes that he can eat all meat, but another will eat, will eat only vegetables. So the background today's scriptures has to do again with a study that we did with the, the Men Up series on uh, eating, partially eating meat, which was offered to idols. The uh, Gentile Christians in Rome did not have any problem eating it, uh, but but Paul told them, "Don't do this if it's going to make your Jewish brothers." stumble oh. fall because they have all these principles, right, guys? Yeah. Um, the Gentile Christians had no problem eating any meat at all without any guilt. So, okay, so we're going to wrap it up and get get going here. So right before we start the scriptures, which will be real, Bill will read in a moment, uh, Paul tells these these um, all these believers in Rome, he says, don't let your good be even spoke, spoken of. In other words, what is okay to you was a blessing to you to be able to eat meat offered to idols. And he calls that the good. He says, don't let your good be evil spoken of by other people. In other words, respect your fellow Christians, respect the fellow, Jew fellow weak Christians, the Jewish believers, and, and, um, and love them by not doing things which would cause him to stumble. Okay, Bill. Excellent, uh, Professor. Yeah, this, this lesson, as is, is both Steve and Mike alluded to, deals with some very specific things. It deals with what we shouldn't be doing, only in the sense that it tells us, don't focus on that. And then it tells us to focus on three things, the righteousness, the peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, and to do what leads to peace and mutual edification, or the kind of the three things and those three things lead us to the kingdom of God. And those are the three things that Paul is really wanting us to get to with this versus some of the other things and some of the back and forth that we end up doing because we go through. So as we move through, I'm sure we'll get to discuss all three of those as well as the joy versus the happiness piece. And, you know, and timely lesson time because A, it's month eight whatever week whatever of covid <laughs> and right. you know the day after a incredibly contentious election and we'll just leave it at that so it's a good time to talk about what is joy and how does it fit into a man's life and and in actuality 
how does it work as a leadership trade? Because it does work as a leadership trade as you go through. So this will be a great discussion. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. It's fairly short, which is awesome. Uh, so it's Romans 14, 17 through 19. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. You know, as I was going through this lesson and, you know, and I, typically what I do is I, I, I read earlier in the week and let it percolate a little bit and, and think about this. And this to me is about spiritual joy as opposed with the outwardly joy. And, and I've, I've brought this up before. I feel that man is, is kind of like a barrel. You have the outside, which is your education, your job, and you know the physical identity. But then the people like us and the people that are listening to our podcast that want to fill the barrel that are more spiritual. And I just came up with a couple of things about, uh, about joy and, and to me, spiritual devotion, you, you have to like it. It, it. it should make you happy. It shouldn't be coercive, um, make you unhappy, bitter, guilt, or, or have fear. Um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of unhappiness in this life, and there's a lot of ways that you can get it, you know? Um, meaning that I myself, uh, you know, with the fact that I have a, another surgery uh, coming up, you know, so, um, but w whenever we practice our uh, spiritual devotion, um, it should be in gladness and in joy as if we're kind of plugging into something that makes us better. And, 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 you know, that's kind of what I wanted to just, you know, throw out uh, to you guys um, about, about this particular lesson, because to me, your, your spiritual walk, it needs to be encouraging in order for you to want to do it. It, it, it should bring you joy. Uh, Steve. Yeah, I, I think, honest Christians, and I'm going to say, you know, Christians who are doing right by the Spirit don't generate a whole lot of drama in their lives. They're this, and, and I think I agree exactly what you're saying. When you're doing it right, the joy is all within you and coming outward. And and to listeners who feel they're, they're bitter or 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 something's wrong or they're negative if if you are a christian i'd say please go to a pastor we're not pastors we're regular guys but go to a pastor right. and talk about because because as a as a christian and i'm not saying bad things will happen to you i'm not saying you know you're going to be unhappy um you're going to deal with issues 
but if 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 you are if you feel negative or uh that the world is a you know a, an incredibly dark place um that is that is something to talk about with a pastor or a or a friend because that that's that's some somewhere the spirit is 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 missing in your life um or it's not getting through or there's something blocking it um but that aside um as and I, let's go back to to where leadership and men uh you want to be the source of energy you want to be the source uh the person you know who isn't a pollyanna but who's positive who who said you know who looks at when when some when a challenge comes along it's a challenge to be surmounted and can communicate that well and not only can the challenge be surmounted being cynical or uh being uh negative isn't helpful and think about it you don't want to be around these people anyway uh and the author himself asks uh who do you want to be do you want to be a joy bringer or a killjoy a joy killer and no one wants to be the latter no one likes to be around the latter and really as as christians if you're living by the spirit you're you're going to always be a joy bringer um, but it's not about being a Pollyanna. It's not about always being happy. It's not always putting a veneer, a sugar coating on everything, but it is it because that's exactly what it is. It's sugar coating. It's coming from within. I, I want to jump on something that both you guys said and talk about it real quick. So first of all, Bill talked about your spiritual devotion. Now we have a phrase for that around here. We call that exercising your faith muscle. And we right. talked last week, right. particularly about prayer, but I, I want to look at that from the point of a football player. And, and I, I'm going to go a little sports on us for a little bit because, hey, it's football season. Oh, um, good. But the football guys, they're not horribly upset. And, and I have personal knowledge of this. So for anyone who know who who's following the NFL at all this year, they have these little trackers they wear 24 7 and it's like an apple thing and they base it's not apple i'm not sure who it's through but it basically tracks their movement and, and they're wearing it because of covid that basically that's how they do the contact tracing when someone tests positive they go pull that person up and they find everywhere they've been and if you're an nfl franchise member for god's sake you better not have been anywhere you weren't supposed to have been <laughs> Like they literally track where they're going and it's like within their city even. And to a person, none of them, my son has told me and him himself are not upset about having to be tracked like that because they're looking for the positive. That's a discipline to them to stay put and do what they do because they want to play on Sundays in their games. And so that's that's kind of where Paul is going when he's saying it's not a matter of eating and drinking because as Mike alluded to, it's not about eating meat or not eating meat or all of that. Let's call your brother the stumble. It's more about having the righteousness in God. And then with what Steve said, and, and I've got to look it up and I'm going to try to grab it on break real quick. But that's actually one of Maxwell's laws of leadership about how you approach challenges within your team. 
because you can get insurmountable challenges that you're working for. And as a true leader, your job is to define that challenge. And then, like you said, it's not a Pollyanna. It's not, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be the best thing ever. Matter of fact, <laughs> leaders that do that, I want to go shoot actually. Because <laughs> I've had some leaders like that in my life. And I'm just like, shut up and let's go to work. <laughs> you know, but it's realistically approaching it. And I think that's what Paul's calling us to when he talks about the joy. It's a realistic approach. It's not getting into the Debbie, oh, this is going to be horrible. What are we going to do? But it's about, okay, guys, we have a challenge here. How are we going to surmount that challenge and move through it as a team? And so as a Christian, your answer is, how are we going to mount that challenge and move through it as Christian men? Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I'm looking it up. I wrote down the definitions for righteous peace and joy, but we are on peace and joy, especially joy. So I, I'm going to touch on that for just a couple of moments. Um how do, how do we accomplish this? Before I go into a couple points here, uh, if we look at the scripture and look at the Bible, we accomplish righteous peace and joy by setting others first. Jesus first. Remember the famous words and the famous directions we've all received. Jesus first, others second, me last. So what jo what what brings us to joy though today? And I and, and my first comment here is depends on what you were looking at. Uh, are you looking to the flesh? Are you looking at uh, uh, the Bible and the Holy Spirit as we've been talking about? Um, real quick, the, the, the definition of joy that I found from Webster is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Another, another word for that sentiment would be delight. Now, an extended definition of joy would be the passion or emotion excited by the acquiring or expectation of good, an excitement of pleasurable feelings which is caused by success, good fortune, gratification of desire, or some good possessed, or by a rational prospect of possessing what we desire or desire, uh, what we love or we desire, gladness, exultation, exhilaration of spirits. So joy is a delight of the mind, like Paul, like Steve says, and from the consideration of the present or assured approaching uh, possession of a good thing. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I have to pick, I pick up something from Robert here. And uh, he says, and, and, and again, while we, we uh, looked at the scriptures here, that says the kingdom not meeting, not a matter of eating and drinking, in other words, finding joy is not a matter of eating, drinking. I would, I would, I would argue with that. Robert said, <laughs> nice. "Remember, Robert hey, says I, I'm all good with eating." <laughs> Robert says, I, "I love a good brisket." You remember that, and I do too. And I'm thinking, you know, boy, I wish we could eat our way into the kingdom of God. Boy, we'd, uh, we would have a great time. But uh, now, being realistic. Living righteous is, is the way to go, by all means, peace and joy, which means disciplining yourself and do seeking after things the Lord would have us look for. And that's righteous, peace and joy. And, and, and my main thing there, of course, practically speaking, is that, that we are, according to Paul, to live to serve other people. We will find joy and we will find happiness. We will find peace when we put others first in front of us, even though it's not what we want to do fleshly. 
And when I think of, of flesh and I think of joy, I think of some of our uh, our uh, uh, Hollywood actors, Michael Douglas, uh, Kevin Costner, I, I forget the other one, uh, who, who think they have found joy by marrying women who are 25 years younger than them. But I'll tell you what, that's that's a dead end, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the best way to find righteous peace and joy, especially joy, is to seek out and serve your brother, do the things that are right at work. And uh, and, and as we've talked before, uh, talk to each other and, and share the love of Jesus with each other. Bill? Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our break, first break. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up podcast number 178, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And we're talking about righteousness, peace, and joy. We're in the Connect 360 text. Uh, This particular scripture is from Romans. And it's living in the spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy. And one thing that I uh, was getting from you, Mike, before we went to break is that Joy should be real and not dependent upon your circumstance. And I can't tell you how much uh, my, my grandfather, we were pig farmers. My grandfather lived across the street. And one thing he always tried to impress upon me, never get too high, never get too low, but live life steady. And, and when I get, I get that feeling that, Living in a, a spiritual joy, you are living a life that is steady, regardless of your outwardly circumstance. And that's kind of what, as I was thinking about back when I was a kid, something that really made really sense to me. And, and it applies for, you know, to this particular lesson, uh, Bill, Bill, would you agree it's a mindset? Oh, absolutely. It's a mindset, right? I mean, my mother said you can either enjoy things or you can be negative about them, pessimistic or positive, right? You choose. Right. The thing in life that you can change the easiest is the way you're looking at the circumstance. It's hard to change the particular circumstance easiest way is to change how you view it and that and and that that just changes the lens and that will change your life and so we're going to go ahead and continue on with that with the discussion i wanted to bring in mr steve titch well i i did want to ask uh 
the group here, the word righteous, righteousness uh, shows up here along with uh, peace and joy. Uh, righteousness, I was kicking around the, uh, it, it's got even got, it's got a slang connotation. Uh, the urbandictionary.com, righteous is defined as containing the best possible attributable qualities. Uh, and the example is, oh man, that lasagna was righteous. And uh, you know, that band was righteous. Uh, more, yeah. more, more seriously, the, the scholarly definition is when pertaining to a person or a conduct, it's morally right or justifiable or virtuous, which of course begs the question then, what is virtuous? Uh, and of course, Paul is coming from the monotheistic Judaic tradition, being, being a Pharisee, with Christianity, with Christ's uh, death and resurrection overlaid on top of that. So he's, he's really creating, helping create and outline the doctrine of Christianity. Um, and this idea of righteousness leading to joy or being part of it, and and I think that's that's the the dangerous point, because you know he's kind of mixing that in with the whole thing about it's not you know it's not about what you're eating, but there is a comp of element of righteousness. Um, uh, okay, and and, and, <laughs> and like okay, okay. So I, well, the, well, I'm gonna Robert, you professor, go ahead. So and I, I, the Greek word here actually implies respected, esteemed, and approved. <laughs> Has a part of it the Greek that that actually comes from, which yes. is really kind of interesting when you look at it because. Because it, it's Paul writing from the, as you said, from the Old Testament perspective of righteousness, but he's really twisting it to mean, you know, respected, approved. You know, I think approved is probably where he really wanted to go with it because. Well, he kind of yeah. says that in there. The, yeah. The human yeah. approval kind of. And there's a, it's furthering the definition I have. A, it's, it's acting in accord with divine or moral law, which goes in right with what you're saying, Robert. Okay. Uh, now, if we apply that to real standards today, uh, it was a little point that Harold Wachira, I have no idea who he is, but he, I got off the internet like you guys were looking at. Also, he says, Harold Wachira's principle on righteousness, he says, People rejoice. Now, yeah, we know that. We've seen this. People rejoice when the righteous are in authority, right? I my key reflection at the start of 2016 is from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And the, the, so the righteous, boy, it, it fits every category of our lives right now. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, we were in a, we've been in a uh, very vehement uh, election series. And uh, some people have been very vehement about their expression of who to vote for and who not to vote for and everything like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, righteous, righteous is a desired quality of virtue and uh, darn near impossible to, to, to obtain unless we seek Christ and seek God's guidance mm. and help. So so would you equate that to when you use the term moral law, 
are you equating that to kind of God's law to an extent? But, but, and, and I think I'm kind of thinking Paul's limit here is that there's God's moral law, but don't get so wrapped up in the, and I think this is where he was going with the eating and drinking at the beginning. Don't get so wrapped up in the minutia of it, you know, that you miss the point of it as you look at it. Well, if I, if I were ahead, to double back, I would, yeah. to what we've been talking about earlier, I'd say you're not, Paul, keeping that in mind, Paul does not think you can be righteous by yourself. I think he says the spirit, the, 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 again, the surrendering to the Holy Spirit is the path to righteousness. You can't, you can't get yourself on that path or claim that path, maybe even. I would go as far as say that. You can't claim that path of righteousness. I am a righteous man without... <laughs> I worry about the guys that say that. <laughs> don't don't you? I guess, I guess if, you're, if you're following the spirit, you don't have to. You don't have to be the one telling everybody about it. You're. It's going to again. It's going to come out through the way you live and through the way you are. It's kind of like the old saying: uh, the guy who got the button that said "most humble" when he wore it, they took it away from him, and. <laughs> and and, right. and righteous is almost exalted to me under under layman terms and if you if you exalt yourself then you're you're not ex, you're not righteous you're conceited and so i and like steve was saying it, it, someone else has to hold you in high esteem in order for you to be righteous i think as men we we try to be righteous in what we do and being guided on our walk of faith and in the things that we do in life but we we can't give ourselves that pin we can't give ourselves the button that says yeah we're righteous no, that that's something that's bestowed on on us by other people, although it is a goal, I believe, for us as we as we live. Yeah, you, you're right. If, if, you, if you have to tell somebody you're righteous, you're not righteous. It's <laughs> right. the catch 22. <laughs> right. but, but, it, but it's funny because the scripture, the scripture says on the back end of, you know, the righteous peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. And then it says, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Yeah. And Very interesting point. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it must, it's got, now that can only mean the only way that we would fit that in would be to say approval of men who are, in fact, themselves righteous, right? And mm -hmm. godly men, because we're certainly not going to expect someone in the world to tell tell us uh, we are righteous and you're good and you're pleasing uh, everybody. I, I do think if you walk around with the joy that we've been discussing, which yeah. isn't the Pollyanna, but the optim, and I think a good way to look at it is an optimistic view of the world. You, that you, you need to be kind of a more glass half full kind of guy to yeah, use that colloquialism. 
you know, and challenges or things that roll sleeves up. Let's figure out how we're going to get through this, you know, and engage the team and do it together as a group. But I think when you have that, then Mike, I do think you get recognized by non-Christians and that actually in my limited way of thinking that serves as a great witness for Christ that, that you don't have to go brag and, Hey, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that with my church, you know, but people know, Oh yeah, you go to church on Sundays, but you're also the guy that turns in good work that works hard, that comes up with solutions for problems that volunteers with your company you know, when something's going down, it, you know, you're the guy who goes, hey, let me see what I can do to help with that. Right. I think those are the things that make an impact. And I think that's a good way men can serve as a witness in today's world, because for God's sake, you know, darn well, you can't go talk about this at work. <laughs> right. Now, pe- people right. can know you go to church. That's OK. You go try and try leading a Bible study at your company and see what happens to you. I can tell you because I'm I'm in depth in the HR world occasionally, and that you can get away with it until somebody goes and complains, and Excellent. then and then the word "woe is you" will be taught, and you right. But doing with these that, things is the way we're going to go ahead and we'll witness. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> with that, sorry about that. We're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 178, and we're finishing up on righteousness, peace, and joy. And one thing that, uh, that the fellows were talking about uh, in the last particular uh, section was about about righteousness, and it it, it does pertain to uh, leadership. And we we did uh, a study uh, quite a few podcasts ago of a John Maxwell book, and uh, I wanted to know if uh, Professor wanted to bring up uh, anything that. Uh, so, it was from so Maxwell. I, I went I went and grabbed two and I'm gonna hold on to them for my summary. How about that? Okay. But let me let me time in there because because there's a great place. But but as I was saying though, at the end, and I apologize, I forgot, didn't didn't see the hand signal. That that's what happens when you don't pay attention, you don't re- read the hand signal properly. But <laughs> the way men can do, and maybe we talk about this, that that this leading this life of righteousness and joy in the spirit is a way that you can serve as a witness to others because people do see that in you as you're out there in the world. And they, they recognize that you have that, that spirit about you for lack of a better term at this point. I I think one thing also about it is with men, we get uh, leadership fatigued. Uh, you you get tired of being in front um, because you're especially if you work up to a point uh, at your company where you're 
you know, project manager, leader, supervisor, and then you come home, you're also a leader at, at home, you help out with your kids, you're a coach, you're a leader there. And, and yes, uh, striving to be righteous, but the great thing about uh, the walk of faith, when you go and do your devotion, you're learning then you're being mentored and that's why i really enjoy this time with you guys um i, I don't know maybe steve, maybe steve does since he's a bit of a professional gambler but i don't go i don't go out and have a group uh that i'm with on a regular basis i can't really talk about faith issues i i don't have a group of men to talk about except you guys and it's that's what has been so instrumental about this podcast the fact that this has been i i don't need someone to chaperone me i i, I don't need that i just need a little bit of encouragement and point to the mountain and someone saying yes you can do it because i get tired of being self-motivated and i think that's the leadership fatigue that today's man has in their life. And that's why it's spiritual fulfillment and devotion and taking the time to get fed, whether it's a podcast like this or going to church, which, which has been difficult uh, in this time of COVID. I, I miss it. This is the longest that I've ever been away from church in my whole life. And it, it, it fatigues a person. And we, we have to recognize that and find ways to be fulfilled. So we are ready to go out and attack that and, and, be, and be fresh as, as we go after that obstacle. Because like Robert said, the obstacle is the way. When, you, when you're a man, no, you don't find a way to get around the obstacle. The obstacle is a problem to be solved. And as a leader, that is what men are being looked upon as. Well, it, it, it's that, and, and it's interesting, you talked about the fatigue piece. So our church has gone back, I think we're 50% capacity. Bill, you might want to quote, correct me on that, Steve, if one of y'all know. I, I'm not sure of the total capacity, but I know this was also the first Sunday that we were back. We're doing a hybrid Sunday school where we're doing live in person and then virtual for anybody who can't come in. So we're kind of doing both at the same time. But this past Sunday was the first Sunday, and it was the second Sunday that I was at church because I had gone the week before when we had Sunday school. But it was the first Sunday that I was there, and the se several of the students that I teach were there. And it was a really good thought. It's like, oh, my God, there's people here. <laughs> and I'm with other people now at this point. And, and you're right. It, it actually helped because it took some of that fatigue away from not being with people for an extended period of time. And, and I think that's another lesson for men we could talk about real quick here as we start to get close to the end. But men need this joy and peace in the spirit, because as you said, 
it gets tiring being a leader all the time. Mm. You know, it, it really does. You know, I took on a, I took on a role with our church. It's going to be a short-term duration role. That's one reason why I took it. But at the same time, I'm leading stuff at work. I'm having to lead projects at work. I'm having to lead things with the talent development group that I'm part of here in Houston. And I took this on and yeah, it gets tiring being a leader all the time because you've got to be on and you have to think about what I can and can't say. And, you know, and so you need that pullback refreshing moment as a man to do things with a group like this, for example. Excellent. Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I'm just looking at practical ways we might serve uh, each other and, and I guess seek righteousness in, God, righteousness in God's eyes. Uh, the, the author of our book tells us uh, uh, we will find ways to please God. He gives some practical steps on page 73. Just a few points about that. I want to repeat that. He says, anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. And that comes, of course, from the scripture we just you just read to us, Bill, verse 8, 18. And he says, you experience this personally. And he says, how to seek righteous joy and peace. He says, develop a consistent prayer and Bible study time that includes Acts. And, of course, we've mentioned that before. All of you have mentioned the Acts is a, 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 a way that you, you remember to pray in a certain pattern. And that's adoration acts. A, it's for adoration. C is for confession. T is for thanksgiving. And S is for supplication. And you can also find that, I think, in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, also, you will grow in righteousness from this. Identify people. Then another point he wants to make is identify people and circumstances that need a peacemaker and pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you in doing that. Uh, Intentionally, then, third point, intentionally use speech, notes, emails, and actions to communicate your joy to others. Um, I would go a step further and say compliment them, whether you're in person, whether you're sending out emails, compliment your fellow, fellow employees, uh, Christian or not. Of course, don't flatter them, don't go, go past the point of being real, but, but do compliment them. Make it a point to smile, compliment them. Make pleasing God, uh, here's another point, make pleasing God a priority and realize that pleasing people is nice, but your ultimate, uh, your ultimate goal is to please God. And you do this by serving others. So a uh, couple of points again, we are to serve Christ by serving our brothers. Uh, we serve our brother when we refrain from doing or eating something that would cause him to stumble. We do not criticize him. We do not make fun of him at the cost of his joy or happiness. And that's, <laughs> I'm a practical joker, and I'll tell you what, I have to watch my comments at work because I like to do that. We have to be <laughs> careful that we don't, don't say the wrong thing that hurts another person's feeling, feelings. Uh, so other practical points real quick. Set aside confrontations. Set aside petty disagreements. And of course, as I mentioned before, do not eat foods or drink types of beverages that would cause your brother to, to fall or stumble. Don't be a stumbling block for him, but rather be a stepping block, I believe, as Robert mentioned or alluded earlier. Bill? Excellent. Uh, I'm going to go around uh, one more time with the panel uh, to get some practical application. Um, 
just a, a couple of things. And, and this is the No Church Answers Tour. And I, my a couple of thoughts, they may not be church answers, but this is uh, really works for me or, or I try to do. Uh, don't be a dark cloud. <laughs> Uh, and I think everybody else, uh, everybody out there, you all understand what that is. Don't be a downer. Don't be a dark cloud. But the other, the flip side of that is this. Don't habitually be around dark clouds. Occasionally, you can't help it because circumstances are, have happened around that. But if you habitually are around them, that will poison your positive attitude. And I just want to say this. I don't fix people. I accept them. I pray for them. But I don't fix them. And that's, that allows me to walk freely in my walk of faith. So uh, just a couple of points that I wanted to uh, to share uh, as takeaways and uh, um, go with uh, a couple of takeaways uh, from you, Koshu. So good, good point. So Maxwell, I've, I've grabbed two of his books. Um, one is the 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork, and it really applies to what Bill was just saying. Number eight, the law of the bad apple, rotten attitude, uh, attitudes ruin a team. And one bad apple in a bunch pretty much can ruin the whole bunch. If you've ever bought, I, I go to Sam's and I buy the big apples, the big bag Absolutely. of apples. If I get one that's bad, if I, if I don't look really closely, if I find one bad apple in there, I'm probably at least going to find at least one more, if not two to three more of them that have right. gone bad. And so that, and then the second one, this is something else we've talked about is, is in his 21 into 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, he talks about the law of the buy-in and how in order to accomplish things with people, you have to get their buy-in. And that buy-in comes from having that realistic, positive approach to, okay, this is a problem. How are we going to solve it? Right. And getting that buy-in from your team. And I think those are two of the lessons here from this particular piece of scriptural because it's talking about the righteousness, but it ends with the edif and build it to the edification of others. And I right. think that's how we tie that in as men, because we're called to be leaders and that's how we lead in that circle of influence that we're in. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, it, it, verse seven, going back to uh, Romans 14, Paul was telling us, he says, uh, no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself. What he's saying there, you, you are not an island. You affect other people. Bill, you've talked about this in the class, and, and we do miss the class because we had usually two things, uh, the podcast on Wednesday nights, and we had our class on Sunday morning. So we had a recharge at least two times a week. And I know Steve and Robert teach classes with young people. So, uh, and Robert, I guess you're still meeting with those young people, right? Virtually on Sunday been, afternoon. Been, been doing virtuals for eight okay. to 10 weeks. And, and last week was our first week live. So yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And live yeah. is totally better. <laughs> wow. I, I miss that. Well, anyway, 
folks, you cannot live a life without affecting people around you. You're a spoken will. Bill used to say this a lot. And as men, we are men, and the decisions we make cause a ripple effect to our family around us and everyone else who are around us as well. And they have effect on everybody. And so, once again, my, my practical recommendations would be, folks, do things which cause people to laugh, do things which cause people to smile. Um, and even if it's at your own expense, do that. Otherwise, practically speaking, yes, love your brother uh, as yourself uh, and love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind and all your spirit. Bill? Excellent. And some final thoughts uh, from you, Steve? Well, I wouldn't be uh, uh, a Living in the Spirit podcast if I didn't bring in Richard Foster again. The last discipline in his book, The Celebration of Discipline, chapter 13, is the discipline of celebration. Um, and he quotes as a, as a, as a lead in the, from Augustine of Hippo, the Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. Uh, his opening sentence is, celebration is the heart of the way of Christ, is at the heart of way of Christ. He entered the world on a high note of jubilation. I bring you good news of great joy, cried the angel. Uh, celebration is something we should be, you know, we should love to do. We should, you know, enjoy a good party, enjoy each other's company. And we're, and as you always like to say, we're all men on this Christian journey. Uh, we're all learning from each other. And, and, you know, I'd like to think one way of looking at it is this every week, this podcast is a, a celebration. It's certainly a chance to get together and enjoy one, uh, one another's company. And in, you know, closing, like you always say, Bill, um, you know, find a church. One reason to find a church is that is where you'll find some personal connections without, you know, without the pressure of work. In work, you've got to, I'll be the first one to say so as a Christian, you have to maintain a certain persona, you have to maintain a certain demeanor, there are certain expectations you have to meet, and that automatically creates a barrier to real friendship. Um, you know, sometimes it's rare that something works out because, you know, it could be somebody in another department or, or, or along those lines where you're not really working with day to day you, that I'm not going to say that doesn't happen, but it's very difficult in the workplace. We know that. And sometimes these days it's very difficult, even in a neighborhood or a, an apartment building you live in because we're a very mobile society. Um, so one place to find those friendships is a church. And um, even if you're not a Christian, but you're looking for some celebration, you're looking for some <clears throat> positive guidance, some positive company, I'd say, uh, as you like to say, find a, a Bible-based church and join a men's group. And, well, I'll let you finish it in your usual, your usual way. <laughs> And that was awesome. And this has been a great discussion. This has been podcast number 178. And uh, just one final uh, uh, comment, uh, be joyful. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. On behalf of our producer, uh, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox. 
And we're on this No Church Answers tour. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page, which is at Up or www.man-upspiritualoasis.com, our website, and post it there. And if you're still in quarantine and unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a traditional Baptist service on slbc.org and starts Sundays at 945. And when the quarantine is over, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. And why local? So you'll go. Go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this. And find that one that is uh, men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man. Created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.